Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Tonight, I'd like to focus on Christian joy. Um, That's something that has really hit me this week and just kind of want to spend some time. Um, We're going to be really reading reading and studying out of Philippians. So if you want to open up your Bibles or app, get in there, that'd be fantastic. So... So uh, just kind of historical knowledge for the book of Philippians, it was um, wrote to surprise Philippi. What a shock. <laughs> but as, as we look at it, I thought, you know, the Bible isn't really made for today's modern culture in the sense of advertising. So maybe another way to look at it would be 101 ways to live the Christian life and how you can do it too. <laughs> so, but I don't know, that may be pushing it a bit. So... But uh, before we get into God's Word, let's just pray. I'll ask Him to help us here. Dear God in heaven, thank you for this time to come together and to open up your Word. And there's treasures in the book of Philippians, just like it is throughout the whole, all of your Word, really. And I just ask that you would open our eyes to what you're writing, writing to the Philippian um, church through the Apostle Paul. And I ask that you would just help us to grow and help us to find the nuggets of truth and use them this week as we go out onto our mission field, wherever that might be, um, whether that's in a workplace, whether that's at our McDonald's, just wherever you've placed us, help us to step out boldly and proclaim your word and help us to be the light that you've asked us to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I got a question for you all. What makes you happy? Anybody have things that make you happy? Children? Children? Okay. What else? Waking up each morning? You're a morning person? (laughs) Knew there was something wrong with you? No. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yep, makes sense. Um, there's a, I was just looking through the dictionary. It says, feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. I was out with the boys. We were helping clean up some yard work, and Caleb was there with his DeWalt um, operated leaf blower. And Cyrus is like, hey, can I run that? And you look at him, it's, the leaf blower is probably about that long, about that big. It's got a massive batter on the back, and there's like, I'm like, it's going to blow him over. But give it a shot. And he was blowing leaves, and he was just laughing and giggling. And to me, that was the image of happiness. It was that external force. It really wasn't within him. It was something he was holding, that battery, and just blowing. And uh, that was just happiness for him. And uh, (laughs) specifically for a boy, he found a piece of dog stuff on the sidewalk, 
and he grabbed that leaf blower and he blew that off and it took all he could get. He was so happy. It was like, that's a, that's a boy right there. I don't, know what, I don't know what girls do, but that's what boys do. But <laughs> All right, so maybe the next question. What, um, what brings you joy? And is it different than happiness? Anybody have anything? What brings you joy? Mm-hmm. It's coming from a coming from within more than from the outside. So that's, I was kind of thinking through this. There are similarities between happiness and joy, but it seems like joy is like a depth. That happiness is that surface level. So, yeah. Um, I'd kind of come up with is it, happiness is a smile, but joy is the heart that makes it possible to smile. So joy is the internal feeling that may or not be expressed outwardly. Joy is more of a state of being than an emotion such as gladness or happiness. A result of choice. It is also a fruit of the spirit, which you don't see happiness as a fruit of the spirit, but you do find joy. So, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, that's. like having a good family reunion that you want to be at. <laughs> Those are not always there. Yeah. 
Yeah, so a lot of times joy leads to happiness, but happiness not does not always lead to joy, something along that line. Yeah. Yeah. We need Caleb here to sing it, right? <laughs> no, that's great points. That's, yeah, absolutely. Um, when I think of joy and happiness, I have a sister. It, ever since I, I've known her, she's just bubbling. Just that person that you look at it and you always, they crawl to bed happy and they go to bed happy and you always kind of look at them like, I think there's something off, but not quite sure yet. But she's, she's just always been a happy, happy person. And when I, when I see her um, and I look out at the Christian community as a whole, I don't always see that. And sometimes it makes me wonder, what's missing? Uh, I'm just thinking back through my week. And there was times I wasn't happy. <laughs> just be real honest with you. I think probably most of you had similar weeks to that. But what does the New Testament say about happiness? Um, as I was thinking through this, I'd done some searching for joy and rejoice in the New Testament. And in the King James Version, those two words together came up 120 different verses. I'd done the same search for happiness and happy, and only six verses came up. So there, there seems to be a focus on that joy. Happiness is fleeting, but that joy, that deep joy. So if you could open up your Bibles to Philippians, we're going to start in chapter 1, verse 1. Everybody there? Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Just want to pause here. The, kind of the backstory of Philippi, this isn't the first time Paul's encountered the Philippians. Um, if you just, Philippi as a city was a Roman outpost. And when you think of Roman outpost, it would have been an area that the Romans would have taken 300 or so people and moved them in and just set them down in this area and said, this is now Roman territory. The whole idea was that they would, they would turn that whole area into Little Rome. So when you think of Philippi, think of Little Rome, think of that culture. Philippi would have also been where the first female European convert named Lydia was from. And then in Acts 16, you also have the servant girl with a demonic divination that Paul commanded to leave. And that's where, if I'm remembering right, that's where Paul and Silas were then thrown into jail because of that incident. So this is just really, this is not the first time Paul's writing and working with the Philippians. And then also in 2 Corinthians 8, it talks about the church of Macedonia. There were several churches in that area. Philippi was in Macedonia area. But uh, 2 Corinthians 8 talks about them giving above and beyond the cap their capability to help for the furtherance of the gospel. So as Paul was on his missionary trips, they were funding him, essentially, but couldn't handle it. Um, but they were still giving gladly. So Paul has a history of Philippi, but in a really good way. It's not always that way for, to the letters to Paul. 
So starting back in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day unto now, being confident of this very thing, that which he, for that which, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have in you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds, jail, and in the def defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more, and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, under the glory and praise of God. So Paul remembered the Philippians with joy because of the fellowship or the participation in the gospel declaration alongside of Paul and Timothy. So remember, um, Paul is writing with Timothy by, him, by his side. The co-laboring caused Paul to be confident that the Philippians would be faithful until the day Jesus returned. They were working for the gospel, and that was, in Paul's mind, a reaffirm, reaffirmation that they would continue for Christ. I thought that even with our church, as we continue to preach the word wherever we're at, that's, that's reaffirming that as we go through Paul also remembered their lack of, lack of riches, but they, their overflowing of generous giving. So back in verse 12, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that in my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And this is Paul referencing um, the him being able to speak into the Roman culture, really, even up to the highest palace. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Because of my bonds, they're able to keep preaching the gospel even bolder. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. So there's going to be people that it's not always from a good place. And some also of goodwill. There will be some with a bad motive, some with a good motive. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerity, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached? And I therefore do rejoice, and I will rejoice. That's Paul's way of saying, haters going to hate. I don't care. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel, and you do too. So that's... that's uh, I like that way how he puts it. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Either way, I win. Paul sums it up. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I wot I not. 
for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart. I want, I want to go to heaven and to be with Christ, which is far better. Better, Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul's saying, I'm okay with these bonds. I'm okay being here because it means I might have an opportunity to come to you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by, by my coming to you again. So he's still got that hope of coming to see them. Only let your conversation be as it is, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which ye saw in me, now, now here to be in me. As you, as you look at verses 12 through 19 there, Paul was able to rejoice because no matter if the gospel was being preached out of envy and strife, it didn't matter, right? Like we said before. Um, also in verses 20 through 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, I think back a few years with Charles Wesco. I don't, how many of you remember Charles Wesco? A few of you? Um, Andy, I don't know if you, you heard that story, but he went into Cameroon, and I think it was the day he arrived. Does that sound right? Two weeks? Yeah, so two weeks in, he was shot, and they came out of Cameroon. But you look at that, and was it a wasted life? But to die is gain. So that was his life verses. Hey, either way, I'm making a difference for God. Um, verses 22 through 26, Paul was able to rejoice because he knew he would be delivered either bodily like the Philippian church was praying for or spiritually by the work of spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul recognized that it didn't matter where he, whether he lived or died because he knew that either way Christ would be magnified. So as we go back to Philippians and starting in verse 2, <clears throat> If therefore there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill, fulfill ye my joy. That's an, odd, that's an odd phrase. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife, or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. And if we skip down to verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
do all things without murmuring and disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless, and sons of God, which rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And isn't that true today? We shine as lights. The darker the world gets, the brighter a light shines. Holding fast the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. So, the reason I skipped verses 5 through 11 um, I came across this a couple weeks ago, and who all has heard of a chiasm? Anybody? I hadn't heard of it until a couple weeks ago either. Um, in Hebrew, Hebrew writings, there is poetry. Um, a lot of times scripture can be read literally, but it also can be read as a poem. And if you look at verses um, starting at uh, 7, so Philippians 2.6, Who being in the form of God, thought it not Robert to be equal with God. Guys, could you throw up the slide that has some pencil marks on it? If you think of, think of this as a verse. So if you have verses... Two, uh, verses Philippians 2, 7a, and then going all the way down to Philippians 2, 11. I, I want you to kind of think about this as I read it. Philippians 2a, but made himself of no reputation, and it took upon him the form of a serpent. And correlate that to Philippians 2, 11. The result of that, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you think of books and bookends between 7 and 11. So if you step in one section to Philippians 2, 7b through 8a, And I was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And correlating that to Philippians 2.10 that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So it's, it's, as we keep marching into the center, it, it, this is where kind of the beauty of the chiasm comes together. Philippians 2, 7b through, um, sorry. Yeah, 2, 7b. And was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Which correlates to Philippians 2, 9. Wherefore God also having hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. And the reason the Kayam is kind of interesting is they're all pointing to something. They're pointing to the, basically take a highlighter and highlight the center of a chiasm. That's the point that a Hebrew would be getting across when he was writing. So in the center, Philippians 2, 8b, and being obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. And if you go home, do some Google searches on chiasms. They're all over the Bible. They're in Genesis. Just there's websites dedicated to them. It's pretty fascinating. But the the reason I'm looking at this is with this being a chiasm, it's Paul's way of saying, "Hey, this is the point. This is the point that I want to get across to you, in becoming obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." 
as we look at where Paul gets his joy from, that's what he's wanting you to see. Hey, obedience till death. Doesn't matter. Life or death, or it doesn't matter. This is why we're here. We're here to be just like Jesus. So, I, I hope I communicated the chiasm. There's, please research it. They're all over scripture. They're so fantastic. Um, I think especially in Genesis, you've got the days of creation, and they correlate to other days of creation. You've got creating an area and then filling the area, and it's a chiasm in there too. So study that, please. <laughs> so in conclusion, as saved and sanctified Christians, we have two options. See external things for happiness or seek after the joy of Jesus Christ. Um, as I think of just the discussion we've had before, there's, we all understand that there's happiness and there's joy. And we know that happiness is lingering. That's, that's there for a bit, but it's, we're really there for the long-term joy. Um, kind of just tie this back to my sister. She isn't happy. Um, as I look back on her life, she, she would grow and mature. She got married, had children. She received the call that her husband had just fallen off of a roof onto cement on his back. As she had children get married and as she continues to live her life, she has made one thing a priority consistently. Jesus Christ and him crucified for her sins and then who on the third day was risen because he was more powerful than death. He is her focus and she will continue to have joy until he returns to call her home. Not perfect, but joyful. That's, we're not called to be perfect. We're called to have joy in Christ. So let's close that in prayer here. Dear Heavenly Father, as we've looked at Philippians, um, there's a joy of just sitting down and studying it. And sometimes that comes through, sometimes it does not. But I just ask that you would take any nuggets of Scripture that you would have for us and help us to use it in our lives as we seek to have a deep joy of living lives dedicated to you. Um, there will be days of happiness, and we praise you for those. There will be days of sadness. We praise you for even being able to see through those and to the joy of, that you've delivered us and that we have a hope that cannot be taken away. Just like Paul and Silas within the jail, they, can't, they couldn't have taken that away from them. And we thank you that you've given us this opportunity to come tonight and just praise you for what you've done. I ask that you continue to bless Pastor and Sheila as they're away. And I ask that it would be a time of refreshing. Um, I ask that you would allow Pastor to have time alone with you and your word, and that you would protect him and his family during this time. And as we sit down and we, we have time praying as a, brothers and sisters, I just ask that you would help us to thank you for the joy you've given us and help us to go this week praising you and we love you and we thank you for everything you do for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.